This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. You already know I had to start off with a Sooner Schooner because OU Softball won the national championship. They won the national championship. I told y'all they were the best team in the country. And they were the greatest team ever. Now, when they lost those two games, when they lost to JMU in game one of the Women's College World Series, I was like, they're going to be okay because this is the best team in the country. And if this is arguably the best team ever, they'll find a, they'll, they'll beat the rest of these teams. They'll find a way to win out. And they did. And then they lost to Florida State. And once again, I was like, if this is the greatest team ever, they'll come back and win. If not, they're just massively overrated. But, you know, some doubt creeped in. But at the end of the day, the stats do do not lie. They lead in every single. I've never seen this in my life. They lead in every single major offensive category. Home run, on-base percentage, runs, RBI, batting average. And they, they lead these categories by a lot, especially home runs. They set the record for home runs in the season. I was looking at it. I did one of these episodes. I looked at the record book and see if they could get it. And I was like, yeah, they, they can get it. They definitely can get it. No, I'm not. And don't, don't, you know, don't take that another way. But anyway, no, seriously. Um, I knew that they could catch Hawaii. I don't know what the number one thing was like 133. At, at that point, they were at like 90 something. I knew they were going to catch them. And then I looked at the single season record by uh, Espinosa from Arizona. I think she was on a, one of them Jenny Finch teams. Damn, I can't imagine her and then Jenny Finch. That team was, that team's probably crazy. Nevertheless, broke that record too. Broke the record for most home runs in the Women's College World Series. Broke the record for run score. And our offense wasn't even at its best. And we still broke the record for home runs and runs in the Women's College World Series. This is, on paper, at least the greatest offense I've ever seen. Now, defensively, I don't know. There were some errors. The pitching was shaky. Outside of G. Warriors, the pitching was shaky. So, that's probably why the experts like Jessica Mendoza and fine, fine Jenny Dalton Hill. That's why they all say the 94 team, which Jenny Dalton Hill was the star of, is still the best team ever. I knew it. I was like, when OU won the title, I was like, one of them Arizona teams probably was the best ever. It was probably, you know, one of the best ever and I guess I wasn't wrong, according to the experts. Because I read a I read a blog post or article listing, you know, I guess the best teams ever, or the experts giving their opinions on who the best team ever was. Ninety four Arizona. I heard uh, some Arizona State team. I think two thousand seven. Uh, some UCLA team is it's it's a Pac twelve team. 
The Pac-12 dominated softball. I mean, you look at the record book. I swear to God, bro. Like, the West Coast, the entire 90s, the 80s pretty much, and, and um the uh, the 2000s dominated by the Pac-12. Now, you know, 2010s, when I started watching, when I was in school, that's when the Big 12 with Oklahoma and um the SEC started to catch up. Still got ways to go to catch them UCLA Arizona team. I mean, I can't imagine the Mike Kendera and uh whoever that UCLA coach was. I forgot her name. I don't know, but they got a bunch of sanctions in the nineties. I I wish I wish I was a fly on the wall to see one of them damn Arizona UCLA games in the nineties in softball. Them games were probably intense. One thing about Women's College World Series, after after we won, I went into a rabbit hole looking into history and stuff. And uh, Jenny Dalton Hill is amazing. Not only does she look amazing, she had the stats that look like Jocelyn Allo's, except Jocelyn Allo got like 40 more home runs. And Jocelyn Allo got about the same batting average. I think Jenny Dalton Hill have more RBIs, but if Jocelyn Allo comes back, she's going to have more than her too. But the thing is, that's all offense. I don't think Jocelyn Allo did any – she doesn't do anything on defense. So, I, I think Jenny Dalton Hill played defense too. But I went into that rabbit hole, and I'm like, this woman is amazing. Arizona is amazing. Mike Kandera is amazing. No wonder why he got so much respect after he retired because he won a lot. He won one of the best coaches ever. But, you know, this is about the Sooners and, man, oh, man, I love it. I love it. Sooner Twitter showed up. We demolished everybody that was hating, especially Jordan Taylor. She was a pitcher for Michigan. I think this was right before I went to school at OU or about the about the beginning of it. Like, she's a little bit older than me. Something like that. I have to go back at it. I'm not going to lie. Jordan Taylor's fine. She's very fine. She's, she's cute. But dang, bro, why does she have to go into the same narrative that a lot of these softball fans go into? Oklahoma has an advantage in OKC because they're 20 miles away. But I just told you that the Pac-12 got all these titles. And even before this year, we got bounced out of the Women's College World Series by Pac-12 team. The best teams are going to win regardless. Okay, us us having a full packed house, mostly OU fans. Yeah, okay, that gives us a slight advantage of energy. But these guys are so good; they would have won in DC. And JMU is like two and a half hours from DC. If we played that in DC and it was mostly JMU fans, OU still still would have won. If we played in Florida, they still would have won. Any way you would have put it. Oh, you were going to win the title. I mean, at least Jordan Taylor admits that Oklahoma softball is really good and they were, they're amazing. She just didn't like the advantage. And, and a lot of other people didn't, but it just didn't matter. Like, the advantage is not that big of a deal. Like, it's, it's the slightest of slightest advantages. It's minuscule. It's literally, it literally is as small as a cicada. But according to these haters, haters, I didn't try to rhyme, I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> their advantage makes noise like a cicada. 
So, but it's seriously though, like it didn't matter, bro. We were going to we we were going to destroy. Did, did you just see all those numbers? And then G Juarez, yes, yeah, she struggled towards the end of the regular season, and Patty put her on the shelf. And I had a feeling that she was going to come back and respond. I mean, this is going to be her last Women's College World Series. Oh, I, I, I'm pretty sure she was fuming and she was motivated to come out and just put the hammer down. She killed it. And I love how she gave glory to God in her press conference um, at the end and, and won the most outstanding player because she was amazing. Our offense kind of slowed down, even though we still broke records. The offense still slowed down in the Women's College World Series. So we needed G. Juarez in that spot. And she was incredible. And I'm thankful for her. And she was the biggest reason why we won. For them, pretty much. Okay. And, you know, getting getting to know some of these opponents, like, like Odyssey Alexander is just, oh, my God. She's amazing. I, she's a senior, but she's forever gonna be you know famous and memorable for for what just happened for for what she did in the tournament she was awesome she was awesome against missouri i would have loved to see her against alabama and florida state that would have been interesting but she played very well against us and that play she made against oklahoma state was crazy and then even on the florida state side um Forgot the girl's name. Number five, the first baseman, amazing. Became a big fan of her. Um, became a fan of Catherine Sandercock because she's from, she's from Virginia. She's from Northern Virginia. She's from the D.C. area. She went to O'Connell. That's a conference rival of mine. So I definitely was was messing with Catherine Sandercock, and she she gave us she gave us a little bit of work in games one and three, but game two we we was on her. We was on her, and that was that was the difference, man. But congrats to OU softball. Oh man, I, I, it's like it's like the song said: "If they don't win, it's a shame." Because they were the best team. Like, come on, bro! It would have been very disappointing. They let JMU or Florida State beat them, and you they punished UCLA. I'm glad they got revenge on Rachel Garcia, and. Gabby Plain. Those are those two put us out of the women's college world series in 2018 and 2019. The 2018 team was defensively as good as this team was offensively, but they didn't get the job done. They ran into Gabby Plain and got smoked. The next year, a really good team got smoked by Rachel Garcia. Got revenge on both of them. Bodied them. Put up multiple runs on them. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, revenge toward 2021 for Sooner Softball, it slapped. It was amazing. Oh, man. I love this team, man. I love this team. And I think I'm going to be even a, a even bigger fan of, of uh, college softball after getting in that rabbit hole after we won. Because it's just amazing. And Jenny Dalton Hill is amazing. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so happy, man. Just oh, you Twitter just slaying people, and I, and I was and I was the nice guy. There's some people with oh, you Twitter. They was letting people have it. They were destroying people, and they were a little more 
you know, I guess, aggressive with their language on Twitter. <laughs> like Lisa Gillette. Lisa Gillette is awesome. Or Demo saying, oh, you, you don't like you don't like um, being at OKC? Win more. Win. Be better. I said that. I paraphrased that. Oh, my God. Now, okay. Oh, before I go on to the CFP expansion, listen, like... I was supposed to do an emergency show because I was so hyped up about OU softball. Then I didn't do it, and I was loafing. And then next thing you know, I'm back to doing another show on a Sunday. Yeah, completely BSing. (laughs) But, you know, I got to work on that. I got to work on that in my life in general. Uh, CFP expansion. It's like, man, it's, it could go to 12. And when I first heard it, I was like, predictable. I was like, I, I knew it. Yeah, I knew they was going to try to expand sooner than later. I knew it. No pun intended. I knew they was going to try to expand. I wasn't expecting 12. I was expecting 8 or 16. They did 12. And once they, they uh, came out with the format, I got excited. I was like, so the top highest ranked conference winners and then i guess the eight others after that i noticed i looked at the cfp rankings and see how would it look last year so you would have gotten Notre dame and coastal carolina you would have got indiana and texas a&m you would have got florida and iowa state you got Georgia and Cincinnati, which happened anyway. And I think Georgia won. Yeah, they won. They edged it. And I think, honestly, it don't matter how much you expand the playoff. The best teams are going to win. And I think what would have happened is Alabama and Clemson would have won, would have won it all. One of them would have won anyway. So I don't know. You know, it wouldn't have mattered if we had 12. But Alabama would have won it all. Anyway, they were the best team. But, you know, it would have been nice to wonder what would have happened, you know, Coastal Carolina going to South Bend. I think they would have got killed. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they have something to prove in that bigger stage. Who knows? I truly believe if, if Notre Dame came to OU or, or Coastal Carolina came to Norman, they would have got they would have got killed. But you know, we, we never know, but it's good to speculate. And that's basically what I did after uh, seeing the playoff format. I'm excited. Some people like it. Some people don't. But I, I love it. But they said it won't come into effect till 2023. I think, I think, you know, they're going to approve that. And I think they're going to expand to 12. I think this is going. It's just too. It's too dope. Then if that don't work, if people want more, then they're going to expand to sixteen, and then the next thing you know, it's going to look like the uh, FCS, and it's going to be what? What is that? Twenty four teams, thirty two teams, and what happens in the FCS? What? Did, what just happened in the FCS? We got one versus two anyway. We did all that. Bro, we even had Delaware upsetting um somebody. Ah, I forgot. But anyway, they they upset somebody. I think it was North Dakota State. Either way, 
You got one versus two in FCS. North Dakota State has won multiple titles in the past decade. And they do this big tournament every year. So it it doesn't matter, bro. Like the best team is gonna win on God. No matter how many times you expand it. I mean, it's just it's just entertainment. It's just money and entertainment. Period. Man, anyway. Oh boy, quick Madden League update. So now I'm in two leagues, so I got the original LCL and then a spinoff spinoff called um Death Row. Like the third edition of this Death Row League that usually just quits unexpectedly after like two seasons. Always, always. I I don't think this is gonna go more than one season. Like these guys get bored and then we just do other stuff. Like and Madden twenty two is gonna be out in two months. This 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 ain't gonna last more than one season. Ain't no way. The the Death Row got the Death Row League is a fantasy league, so we got to draft all our players. I drafted the first eight. I might have stayed for the whole draft, but my little cousin was over and he just that whole weekend or that whole two days he was over there, he just wouldn't let me do anything by myself. He was just if I tried to distance myself get annoying or distance myself or try to like do stuff on my own he just turn up the annoying like he just turn up and just do something to distract me and he t- he turned off my game during an online league match out of all the time to do that to me that was probably the worst time i can see if i was doing some exhibition game but no, no, no. I was in a league game. He turned off the game. I was pissed. At that point, I went in the league. That's not the point. Anyway, I'm four and seven. And no, I'm, I think I'm six and seven. Yeah. I'm six and seven in LCL with a chance to win the division. I got this guy coming up that I think we're tied. Like, I've beat him twice and he's beat me twice. No, I think no, I think I'm two and three against this guy I gotta play next. With the playoffs on the line, I got three games left and I'm only a game outside of the division lead. I don't know how, but whatever. I have a good chance. And uh it's gonna be tough for us to play today because I'm very busy. I'm about to go play flag football and stuff. So it's it's going to be tough for that game to happen. Then I got to go over my uncles. Th- that game is going to be tough. I-, I don't know if we're going to be able to play at all. Uh, I will see. We'll see. But I got a chance at playoffs in LCL. And Death Row is just getting started. And we only did 16 teams. And we doing all NFC. So... The AFC, any AFC teams we play, it's either the computer or we get a force win. So over there, I think I'm two and one. I probably have a good chance of making the playoffs over there. I just had a big win versus the guy that got the Rams, and um, I'm three and two against him. Or is it three and three? No, three and three. So we're we're tied. Like we're three and three against each other. So that was a good win for me. He's a tough opponent. 
we'll see. You know, a lot hanging in the balance in LCL and Death Row is just a bunch of mystery. I don't know how many games I'm going to play or how interested I'm going to be, but we'll see. All right, so now the NBA playoffs. Oh, real quick. I'm not going to lie, bro. I've barely been watching. I've either been doing Lyft or I'm playing video games or I'm working out. Like, it's just I haven't really had time to sit down and watch. But I've just the little bit I've noticed is that the Clippers big win for them in game three. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard showed up. Both had 30 points. They cannot stop Donovan Mitchell. And he got hurt again. Oh, man, you, you got to watch that. Him getting hurt and even him getting banged up. You really got to watch that. But the Clippers responded. I thought they were done because we saw how they played at home against the Mavericks. But then, then they come out and respond like this. And now Donovan Mitchell's banged up. I still think Utah's going to win the series because they're just the better team. But... Hey, the Clippers, I mean, those two games in Utah were close. But Utah was too much. But I I think Utah is going to win in six. I got them winning six. The Suns and Nuggets, I knew the Suns were a slightly better team. I thought it was a toss-up, even without Murray. And it's not even close to being a toss-up. Ever since, like, game five, of the Lakers series, the Suns just been destroying, destroying everything in their path. That every game's been a blowout since since Game Five against the Lakers. The Nuggets outside of Jokic, no chance, no chance. It they're gonna get swept. I I really cannot see the Nuggets winning a game. All three of those games against the Suns were blowouts. They they showed a little fight in game three, but other than that, it's just annihilation. The Suns are on a roll. They're on fire. They're looking like they were in a bubble. And I'm looking forward to Jazz. Suns, even though people are already moaning about it because LeBron's not going to be in it, Luka's not going to be in it, people are already crying about it. And I'm just like, man, whatever. I, I want to see it. Because it's the two best teams. Y'all think it's boring. I think it's going to be a great series. But I guess all the eyes will be on, we assume, the Sixers and the Nets. Because the Hawks are just outmatched. They're just, I mean, Trey Young's still getting his. It's a little bit harder with Ben Simmons checking him, but he's still getting his. It's just everybody else not doing nothing. Dog, dog, John Collins, John Collins had four points in game two. What the hell? I think maybe that's just the problem with Atlanta. They shoot a lot of threes, so you live by the three, you die by the three. John Collins did a little bit better in game three. He had 23 and seven, but they still could not stop Philly. They definitely can't stop Embiid. Simmons doing his thing, and it's just the guys off the bench. For the Sixers, they just proven to be the deeper team. And that's going to be the issue here. That's going to be the problem for the Hawks. And that's probably why the Sixers will win in six or maybe five. I said I said Sixers in, in six or seven, I believe. I, I can understand why 
the people on 94.1 WIP, I can understand why they were so confident. I was like, why are they so confident? The Hawks are a good team and they're rolling. And Trey Young is the truth. No, the Sixers are just better. The Sixers fans already knew that. They watched this team all year. They 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 know that they're just that much better than everybody in the East except Milwaukee and the Nets. They knew that. I just, it took me a while. But some people jumped the gun after game one and said the Hawks were going to win the series. I was excited, but I was kind of, them letting the Sixers cut it to two or four after having a 30-point lead, that raised some eyebrows in my eyes. And that gave the Sixers fans confidence. And and so far, that's what's been happening. The Sixers have just ran away with this thing. So, hey, it was a good try. And I think this, the Hawks will come back next year killing. Now, hopefully, I come back on this mic next week and be wrong. And the Hawks are still in the series. But the way the way it's looking, bro, I, I just don't see the Hawks doing anything. We'll see. I could be wrong. I don't mind being wrong. I don't mind being wrong. Uh let's see. Oh, the Nets. The Nets should be up 3 0. I'm gonna be real with you. But they just came out really slow in the first quarter. Even though they came out slow, they still took the lead in the game in the third quarter. Still. They playing with this team, man. The only guy they can't stop on that team is Giannis. Everybody else, not really a threat to the Nets. Haven't been all series. Maybe Middleton. Middleton had a better game in game three. They weren't supposed to win, man. Like, it's supposed to be 3-0 Nets. And I did say the Bucks are a good team. And then, and that this was going, going to go six or seven. But then I look at it. And I'm just like, the Nets are, even without James Harden, I'm like, they just, they're just that much better than the Bucks. I, I can't really believe it. Nets in five. Nets in five. Hopefully they quit playing with them and put them away. I don't know if the game's today or tomorrow, but they, they need to put them away. Uh, I'm tired of watching the series already. I want, I want to get to the conference finals because the, the, the teams that are in the lead right now. They're just, they're just better. They're just better. Maybe the Clippers and Jazz could go seven. But other than that, it's just, no. These teams are outmatched. Just saying. All right. Oh, boy. Uh, Before I get to the Wizards, dog, I'm glad uh, Erickson is all right. I think his name is Christian Erickson. I don't know what pro team he played for because I – Cause, I, Cause he's on one of them really good teams. I want to say it's Tottenham, but damn, he collapsed. I I don't want to see the video. I, it's probably awful. I don't want to see the video. I don't even really want to see tweets about it because I I can't imagine that image in my head. And he had died on the field pretty much at one point, and then he was revived, and now he's stable condition at the hospital. What happened? How did he get to that point? Still, it was scary. It was a scary thing. Everyone's around around the world is shook, especially the fans of Denmark and Finland. And you know, my prayers go out to him and his family. It's just damn. Right? That was rough. That's rough and um, unbelievable. It's just. Hopefully, we can figure out what happened, 
and we can um take steps to make sure that doesn't happen again because that that was scary that was scary for everyone involved for sure all right now the wizards now the wizards are supposedly reportedly bringing back scott brooks i should have known when russ and brad vouched for him when they uh yeah, when they vouched for him and gave him their approval, I should have known that right then and there he was going to be back. Wow. Um, I don't know if I want him to come back, man. I mean, it was a rough season. It was a roller coaster season. I don't know how much credit we give him for that resurgence in April. It's just that I I don't know, man. I don't know if this is the right decision, but if he does come back, it looks like the Wizards are going to run it back. I mean, I'm looking at their – I looked at their salary cap, and I looked at, you know, their roster, and it's like you got a bunch of people on cap holes and and one-year contracts. You know, I got some people they'll bring back and some people they won't. But for sure, your core is, um, for sure, your core is Russell Westbrook, Bradley Bill, Davis Bertans, Thomas Bryant, when he comes back from his injury, Rui Hachimura, Denny Avia. That's your core. That's they're gonna be on the team for sure. Everybody else, I don't know. I say bring Daniel Gafford back. Let him compete with Thomas Bryant for that center spot. He deserves it. But it's it's gonna be crazy, man. Um, they, I, you know what? I think they run it back one more year. Now we'll see what happens after next year. If they don't make the playoffs next year, maybe they blow it up. If they don't, are we going to go year three with it? Because I think Westbrook got three years on his contract left, and so do Beal. Or it might be two. Still, you know, Brad's getting paid $34 million. Westbrook's getting paid $41 million. And to be honest, Westbrook deserves it because he, he was spectacular the second half of the season. He just got a... Uh, Stay healthy. That's it. That's the only thing, man. He came into the season. Came into the season unhealthy, and he came out the gate slow. We'll see what happens, man. Um, If they run it back, we got to add some more pieces. Maybe give away our first-round draft pick, because I don't think we need it. With this group, I don't think we need another draft pick, because we're going to be drafting – Middle of the first round. I mean, I don't even know who's there. And, and unless we get some sort of bona fide starter at center or in the wing, it's no point. We might as well draft. We might as well trade that draft pick. And we got, man, we got all these draft picks. Um, No, that's the Eagles I was thinking about. Anyway, we don't need these draft picks, bro. Like, if we're going to build a team around Westbrook and Bill for the next two or three years, we need to put more veterans on the team and just run it, man, and see see how far we can get with Westbrook and Bill until 
it's time to blow it up and start over. Well, we'll see, man. I'm I'm a little I'm a little nervous about the Wizards running it back and not going towards a rebuild. But you know, the end of the year went so well for the most part that you know why not see what we can do next year. Hopefully, everyone's healthy with a full training camp and no COVID. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Oh, and okay. Also, what happened during the week? So, Julius uh, Julio Jones got traded to the Tennessee Titans. When I heard the Titans were one of the teams rumored to get him, and when I saw AJ Brown lobbying for him and Derrick Henry lobbying for him, I still didn't think he'd go to the Titans. I thought he'd go somewhere else. I thought maybe he would go to San Francisco. Nah, man. Or maybe he'd go to Seattle. I was thinking maybe he'd go to Seattle. I like him, DK Metcalf, and um, Tyler Lockett. That would have been sick. That would have been sick. But he ends up with the Titans. And that just made them a little bit better. Their offense is already now pretty good. Derrick Henry improving Tannehill. A.J. Brown and also you got a uh, you had John o. Smith like if you can get him back are oh, you really rocking and rolling the team is like they building something out there that's not a bad team but um we'll see I mean can they get past the Ravens I mean the Ravens struggled to beat them in the playoffs and the Titans beat the Ravens in a regular season I think they can beat them. I mean, the 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 team they really got worried about. I mean, they almost got boat raced by the Browns, and the the Chiefs beat them two years ago in the conference championship. I mean, it's the Chiefs and the Browns, man. You gotta figure out how to get past them, and then the Bills too. The Bills. I know they blew out the Bills, but that was just one game. The Bills are going to be better next year. It's still a lot of competition, but Julio Jones helps. And I guess I underestimated the market for Julio Jones because the Titans only gave up a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a sixth-round pick. Bruh. That's it? That's it? I must have underestimated the market for this guy. I must have. I think the biggest reason why maybe the market wasn't so you know, plentiful for him or wasn't booming for him was because he cost $11 million, $15 million. He cost a lot of money. He's one of the highest paid receivers in the league, and I'm, I don't think a lot of teams wanted to spend that much cap money on an aging receiver. That's probably why the market for him was drier than I thought. Nevertheless, the Titans got him, and they got a little bit better. Let's see how it goes, man, because on paper... They look like they're going to be back to the AFC Championship. Now, if they can get their defense together, they will they have a good chance of contending, for sure. <laughs> What's next? Oh, the Washington sitcom being corny again. Um, this is all type of nonsense, bro. I say this, but last week I heard um, I was listening to 94.1. 
and they spent like 20, 30 minutes or even more talking about Nick Sirianni's press conference, his latest press conference. And I'm like, okay, all right, it's not that serious. The guy likes to compete, and he says some sort of things that make you just, I guess, not raise an eyebrow, but just give you just a weird look. Like I'm like, what is this guy talking about? That's that's what you do sometimes, or just make you straight up laugh. Nick Sirianni, love his energy, love his energy. People not really taking him seriously. People not taking his team seriously. But y'all going to learn. Y'all going to learn when the season starts. But anyway, man, Washington football team, it's a sitcom, bro. Every time I try to take them seriously, they do something to make me not take them seriously. Like the Montez Sweat thing, the vaccination, big deal. It's his choice. His explanation was a little bit off. Like saying that, why would I get vaccinated for a disease I haven't had yet. But he don't know if he had it yet. I can see why people be upset. Like, some of the fans wanted him to be suspended and and fined. Like, come on. Like, that's too much. It's his choice, his decision. And that's what Ron Rivera was saying. He hoped everybody gets vaccinated, but it's it's his choice. Um, He said he wants to do research. He's kind of worried about it, just like I am. I've been pushing it off and procrastinating because I just don't know. I'm really worried about the side effects. I'm really worried about it. So um, he probably is, too. You know, people are really careful about what they put in their bodies. I get it. I mean, he's an athlete. His body is the most important asset. Just saying. No big deal. I mean, it's... And then, then Washington football fans made a big deal of the Chase Young thing, not showing up to OTAs. Big deal. Big deal. Like, oh, you're the best player on the team. You're the face of the franchise. He should be there. Y'all start worrying about nothing. I was like, you don't need to be there. He'll be fine. Then he came to minicamp and all was well. Shut up. Y'all a clown. And you know, I got and y'all trying to convince me that Ryan Fitzpatrick is gonna make y'all win the division. And people still picking Washington to win the division. I gotta see it to believe it. Ryan Fitzpatrick is inconsistent, and the two guys behind him are injury prone. So y'all really need to convince me that these guys are for real on offense. And even on defense, they gotta play against six or seven top tier quarterbacks. You y'all really gotta prove to me that this team is is like that. <laughs> and then oh, to top it all off, first day of minicamp, they did um first day of school pictures like they're in kindergarten or something. I was like, this is the most Washington sitcom thing ever. Y'all just doing clown stuff now. We'll see what happens, man. I mean, there's some talent there, but I'm not ready to crown them the NFC's champ. Like, they, clowns, man. They all capped me, bro. Just like the hockey team. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. All right, man. Enough of all that. So, you already know, man. <laughs>
It's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. In honor of the news about a potential playoff expansion, I decided to do Oklahoma versus Notre Dame, which would have been a hypothetical playoff game if the expansion was in place last year. So in this hypothetical, Notre Dame would have already beat Coastal Carolina, and I ran that on What If Sports, and it confirmed. Notre Dame beat Coastal Carolina. The tournament at this point has pretty much been chalk. All the higher seeds won. Notre Dame beat Coastal Carolina. Florida beat Iowa State. Georgia beat Cincinnati. And uh, Texas A&M beat Indiana. None of these games were close. All, all double digits. I think the closest game was like 11. Like, these games weren't close. It's one thing to play these teams in a bowl game. It's another thing to play them at their home field with the playoffs and a championship on the line. Just saying. Anyway, so now the, the quarterfinals are pretty much set in this hypothetical you got Clemson and, no, you got Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Florida, Texas A&M, Ohio State, and now Notre Dame, OU. Clemson blasted Florida. Ohio State beat Indiana, I think it was 60-10 to 10 or 50-10. to 10. That joint was ridiculous. Alabama beat Georgia, of course. That was a, that was a more competitive game, but Alabama, Alabama won by double digits. So now we got Notre Dame versus OU, the four versus the five seed. And this was an annihilation, too. This was an annihilation, too. So already from the start, first drive of the game, Spencer Rattler hit Charleston Rambo for a 23-yard touchdown, 7-0. After some three and outs from both teams, Oklahoma gets the ball back, and they kick a field goal, and it's 10-0 Oklahoma. 10-0 Oklahoma. So, second quarter. OU gets another field goal. And then Notre Dame still isn't doing anything on offense. Oklahoma gets the ball back. And Spencer Rattler scores, throws a touchdown to Theo Wees. And it's 20 to nothing, OU, second quarter. Notre Dame finally gets on the board with 147 left. And it's 20-3, OU. And then uh, OU comes out of the gate, another long drive. Well, after Notre Dame three and out, the OU drives down the field again. And they get another field goal. Wait, no. No, I skipped ahead. No, no, no. No, no, no. Both teams kind of punted and didn't really do anything on offense. But then Oklahoma comes out with another touchdown. TJ Pledger, four-yard touchdown. 27-3. Then OU gets the ball back at the end of the half. And Spencer Rattler, one-yard touchdown, 34-3. 34-3. It's a joke. The backups are coming yet. So, OU with another field goal, started fourth quarter. Then finally, Notre Dame gets a touchdown. Ian Brooke to Avery Davis, 37-10 OU. Then Marcus Major with a 23-yard touchdown. 44-10 OU, and then Ian Brooke threw a garbage time touchdown, 
to make it 44-17. 2020 OU, 44-2020 Notre Dame, 17 at Norman, raucous crowd. Had to get revenge on uh, Notre Dame for beating us in Norman in 2012, and that was big-time revenge. Ramondre Stevenson had a monster game. 15 carries, 176 yards. Uh, No touchdowns, but 176 yards. Crazy. Notre Dame, Kyron Williams had 20 carries, 112 yards. That was impressive. Uh, Let's see what Ian Book did. 22 for 39, 251 yards. Uh, two touchdowns. Not bad. Spencer Rattler, 18 for 30, 20, 242 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Okay. All right. But the defense, defense was like that, though. Even though they gave up, you know, some stats. But I think most of that stuff was garbage time. I'm going to be real with you, man. I'm going to be real with you. Uh, Notre Dame had a fumble loss. And it's just like, OU was just, just too much. Just too much. Short fields. Took advantage of it. They were like that. And they rushed for 294 yards. That that helps, too. For a passing team, that's pretty impressive. So, that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. And you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.